0: If it takes you four hours to get to town and say four, four hours to get bad. back, that's, that's eight, eight hours. hours that you're not fishing, that you're not sleeping. If there's so many boats all doing the same thing, it makes sense to take to a send a tender boat. there, so that they can keep fishing and that we take on that load of driving eight hours. One person driving eight hours instead of a hundred people. They keep fishing. Yeah. They get sleep.
1: All they do is sleep and fish. All we do is take the fish and run to town. I mean, Our job is to keep the fishermen out there because the cannery wants the most fish possible. They don't want to have to go to a mechanic, so we help bring them parts, groceries. We bring them groceries. We even
2: bring mail. We do, even for some people, like the cool guys, we'll do laundry. This is The Seasonals Podcast, a show where we talk to people living the seasonal lifestyle. We take an in-depth look at the decision points they've encountered along the way. I'm here on location on the Savage, the fishing vessel, with Zach Burnaby, Kelly Twite, and Jake Buregg. How are you guys doing tonight?
0: <laughs> doing good, Joey.
2: Doing. Oh yeah. doing really good.
3: Doing great. What up, world? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the three of you have worked <laughs> at least the last two seasons on the Savage, if yep. not more. Mm-hmm. And let's start mm-hmm. with Jake, because you've been here. You've been on in Alaska, the longest out of the three of you. Sure. Where's this crazy adventure start? He's the captain. Um, You're the captain? Yeah. The captain of the savage here in the flesh. El Capitan. Yeah, how'd you get up here? Where where do you guys start? And how'd that happen?
0: Uh, Well, me and Zach are from Florida.
2: Kelly's from Canada.
0: I came up here by accident. Purely by accident. Never... I'd never been west of Mississippi. That was the furthest I'd left from Florida. I'd uh, been asked to leave Florida State University (laughs) for grade reasons. Uh, How did that
2: conversation go?
0: uh, It was definitely too much freedom. You know, like when you leave home, you can do whatever you want because you're an adult. I thought I was like, "Yeah, I'll run with this," and it was great. But, uh... Also, you didn't go to classes? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh... But, Florida State's cool. I still root for the Seminoles. My little sister just graduated this year from Florida State. Props to her. Go Maddie. Maddie. Ooh. Um, but yeah, they were like, you can't... You can't stay here anymore. You're you're not going to classes or nothing. And I was like, okay, sure. So went back home. And then, uh, 2008, eight, nine. that was kind of like when the whole recession deal was going on i don't know much about all that but i just know it was real tough to be a dishwasher nowhere i got a call back at walmart and then they were like nah and i was like shit well i don't know what i'm supposed to do now golden corral
1: didn't pan out
0: yeah i really thought golden corral didn't pan out i saw myself steaming down those buffet dishes and getting people back to their fried chicken and
1: okra but his family was also, like, best friends with, like, the manager at the time. Oh, yeah. So you had
2: connections, and it still
1: didn't
0: Connections
1: work at Golden Crow. No connections at Walmart,
0: but uh, also shout-out to Golden Crow. That's one of my favorite buffets. I sh- would still eat there. I, was, I wasn't getting no look at those type of places, and I thought, God, you know, this is getting a little shitty, but I'm still having fun. And then my aunt out of the blue said, I need help driving up to Alaska because my uncle had gotten a job up here. And I was like, Alaska, that's that place in the, you know, the school books on the map. That's far as fuck away from Florida. But uh, sure, I'll go there. So we drove up, and it took forever. And uh, that felt like an adventure for me. And I turned 20 in some random ass state. I want to say W, like Wisconsin, Wyoming. Do
2: you uh, remember, Did you have a birthday party or a birthday dinner for on that day?
0: mm I don't remember eating something, but I do remember pulling over at midnight and shooting off a bottle racket. I and remember, it was dusty. Wherever dust is, I'm sure there's a lot of states with the dust. Tumbleweeds. One I, of those.
1: I remember one of your stipulations for this road trip when he was telling me about it when I was talking to him on the phone was that uh when they passed the Mississippi River, his aunt had to pull over so he can go and swim. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, please, I'm gonna dunk I'm gonna
0: jump in the river and uh she was like that's crazy, but I'll let you. So we stopped over, and yeah, I like totally ran and jumped in the river, but it was in a city because we were crossing a bridge because we were on a highway because we we're trying to go as fast as possible. So wherever we were on the Mississippi River, uh, I jumped in, and I remember there was this huge sign that was like no swimming, you know, radioactive, sewage. whatever, <laughs> sewage, <laughs> well, blah, blah,
1: Mississippi's blah. Mississippi's known for its cleanliness.
0: Right. So. But I still still felt like Huck Finn or Tom Sawyer, all that stuff. But we made it. Uh, Went to Prince Rupert, took the ferry up to Ketchikan. And I thought, like, wow, okay. Uh, We're done driving, and now you got all your your stuff, your couch and whatnot. Um, Probably going to fly back home. And then before that happened, my uncle was like, Hey, uh, I met this lady. She has a boat, and she needs a deckhand. Are you interested? I said, that sounds like a job. And, uh, sure. And then, oh, I also lost my cell phone on the trip. Uh, One time we were gassing up, I put my phone on the top of the truck, and then we drove off. That was in another bumfuck state. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. So I borrowed someone's phone and called my mom, whose number I know by heart. I was like, Mom, I got a job. And, uh, on a boat, and... I don't have a phone, and I'll call you later. And she's like, what, what, what? And I was like, yeah, this is sweet. And I'm still on the same boat. Now it's 2019.
1: This is your 10th year. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love the Savage. Best boat. It's... Worked, worked your way up. Totally. Yeah. And now you're the captain. Mm-hmm. Capitan. For about five years now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, deckhand to captain. I would have never thought that either. I would have never thought anything about where I am back then. Uh... So I accidentally came up here, and I realized it was a bull that I should grab
2: that horn and just uh, roll with it, and I did. So what do you think worked as a deckhand that didn't work in the other jobs, like Golden Corral or Walmart or any other place? Well, I never got a
0: chance to work the, those places. Um, I don't know how to have been good stocking uh, shelves at Walmart, but I think it was just like a... I don't know. Just the difference was our boss, Tommy. Yeah, Tom. First of all, Tommy's a great boss. Uh, taught us everything. Taught us everything. Took us under her wing. I guess it would just be like finding out what you need to do, and then doing that until until you fall down, sort of thing. Yeah. Like just give it your all. Yeah, doing anything, helping out. Like not not being like um, like a, I don't know. The boat life. It seems different than. Uh, clerk type jobs yeah it's this we all love clerks but like you know how when you can hate your job and it's like funny yeah and you're hanging out with your friends and it's like high school but like some jobs like you you can't like you you just have to sacrifice yourself and it doesn't and it feels good
1: to do that i don't know how to explain it something like that it's this type of industry too because like anyone who's older than you or has been in longer than you no matter what project you're working on they want to help you like guys from The older guys from the other boats, if they see you doing something or struggling, they're going to come over and just help you and teach you a little bit. They want that because they know that the younger crowd coming into the industry, like, they were once there. It's not like when you're working a menial job down south or something, but, like, they are you get this, like, sort of pride when you're grooming the next generation. Like, when we came into this, we didn't know shit about building or anything or tools. Like, I didn't know anything we like we had this one captain one time and he asked us for a pipe wrench and we were just at the toolbox just like giggling and we were like, what are we going to give him? Wait, <laughs> what? what are we going to give this
0: him? Very, yeah. This looks very wrenchy. Yeah.
1: And he was like, he's oh, like I can hear you dumb asses. You, you like, fuck turds. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I remember like one time when our captain, this guy who was going to run the boat for us and he was like telling us some shit to do while he was gone. I think he was going to visit his kids or something. But he was like, "You guys got to cut this, this, and this," and then like he's like, after he left, Jake and I were just like, he pointed at this thing and it's metal. He said, "Cut it." We're like, "Can you cut metal?" <laughs> and just, like, yeah. we got it cut. Oh yeah, yeah. Minds. yeah. sawzall does anything. That's crazy. But I thought I was gonna lose an eye while we fr- caught that first piece, cu- cut that first piece of metal.
0: Yeah, for Florida, we didn't learn anything that you're supposed to know on a boat. On a boat, you're like supposed to be a Carpenter, plumber, metal worker, uh, jack of all trades, jack of all trades, a fisherman, geographer, definitely like a electrician, uh, yeah, an electrician, a weather forecaster, and 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 muscle until you like fall down. Yeah. Heavy drinker, yeah. Heavy drinker, As
1: man, sailors man. worldwide. Yeah, Shout magician, out. tender lover.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, this industry is a very good one to be in to start out at because. Everybody wants to help you. Like oh,
0: and everyone in Alaska everybody. is cool. Like
1: yeah, like they all
0: want you to succeed. I'm sure like uh, people in each other's like uh, positions are you know cutthroat for money and for the fish and blah blah blah. But when it comes to like uh, newcomers and I don't know, everyone everyone wants to see someone. Everyone's down for the underdog and everyone wants to. Everyone wants like a someone to come up and, and you are all in the shit together. They're
2: all very supportive. I think there's a lot of that in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Just something—it's uh, almost since we're separated from the rest of the country. Yeah. It's like we, we have to work together mm-hmm. to make to get anywhere. So. True that.
1: I always tell people when I'm traveling, like the one thing I love about Alaska the most is that you're judged on one thing and one thing only, and that's your work ethic. And it really does hold true. You can come in, be downtrodden, like you could just. Like, straight up got out of prison or something. But if you do good on some guy's boat, you can make a good life for yourself. So,
0: yeah, there's like not many.
1: Um, not that I've been in prison.
0: Coming up. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like, like, coming up, like, you could be like, uh, like, race doesn't matter, gender doesn't matter, all the other things that fall in line with that. Like, like, midgets. You, you, midgets? Yeah. Midgets? Yeah, we got. Yeah, I mean, you still might get shit. And, and, But they still want you to succeed. They'll give you shit, but they still want you to succeed, which is great. That's a great environment.
2: It's the land of equality.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So
2: As long as you can hang, you're cool. Right. As long as you have that work ethic. That's Mm -hmm. the one key to entry. So how did you get up here, Zach? What's your entry into all this? So
1: um, Jake Furnace, uh, he finished that season. And I was still living in Tallahassee at the time. I dropped out of art school. In Chicago. And I was up there for a little while trying to become a cinematographer. Thought I was the next Quentin Tarantino. And then... um, Which art school? uh, Columbia College, Chicago. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Quentin Tarantino. Shout out to Quentin Tarantino. I love spaghetti westerns. Make more. But, yeah, so... I left Chicago because it's a hard place to live. Went back to Tallahassee where that's that's where all my friends were. Jake was gone at the time I left because I also dropped out of Florida State. Not... Cause of grades, because of grades, but because of personal reasons. No. Dropped out or got asked to leave? <laughs> I dropped out. I think you actually got asked to leave, right? They were like, hey, man, this is not cool. You gotta leave. Yeah. I <laughs> I think I like could have saved it if I wanted to, but I knew myself and I was like, nah, I don't want to be a doctor. So I went to film school and then I just ended up drinking. Left that. And then all my friends in Tallahassee were still living together and having a good time. So... I moved there and I got picked up a job and I was like, I'm going to be a townie and just work catering like for the college. So I did a bunch of catering gigs and then I told Jake to come down and live there for a little bit. And he was like, yeah, man, it was his off season from the fishing and he just finished his first year. He comes down and he's like, you got to look at my bank. and I was like, okay. And he's like, he's like, that was from one, like, what was it? Like three months of, of tendering on the Savage. I don't know, like uh, a Tinder deckhand, like
0: $100 a day, that seems about pretty yeah. normal, reasonable, for like a, a, a greenhorn. Mm-hmm. That was more money than I'd ever seen in my life. So 10 days of that... That was more money than I've seen. 10, when you showed me that big statement, 000. I thought you were rich. I that the first, that, I got a $1,000 check and I thought, god damn, I'm a little Wayne. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought
2: that was the... I thought it was it. Yeah. So when he showed you so how much was it? Can we we talk financials? Financials, I had to say it was probably
1: like keep in mind like we were shitheads back then. Right. It was like seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah. Wait, seventeen yeah, one thousand seven hundred dollars.
2: There's a comma there.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. There's one I spent a lot of my
0: money to get back to Alaska.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But when he showed me that shit, and he was just hanging out, and I was like, "You, I can get you this catering gig. He's like, I don't need a rig, catering gig. I'm just going to hang out. And I was like, whoa. All right, Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> so I told him, I was like, you make sure, like, the I think the actual statement was, make sure your boss knows I have a strong back.
0: Yeah, I remember you kept repeating that.
1: I have a strong back.
0: Zach probably said, like, a hundred times, he's like, he's like, tell your boss I have a strong back, I'm a hard worker. Also, that I have a strong back. Like the, my back is really strong. It's really like, it's strong. Like plank, it's like strong, like it
1: won't. It's a break. strong back, and
0: it's a strong back.
1: Yeah, you could and hit me like, with a baseball bat. And I knew, too, like, and uh, it'll make it feel better than it normally does. Like, it's
0: true.
1: I knew, I knew for sure that Zach,
0: because I knew Zach since like uh, ninth grade. Yeah, we went to like the same middle school. First of all, I didn't really handle this. Is kind
1: there. of how we met. We were sitting in the back of biology class in ninth grade. There was a lot of space in the back, and I rolled a penny. And it made a complete circle and then landed at the kid two seats next to me, two girls in between, and then him at the end. And he caught the penny. Oh, those girls. And we made eye contact. And then... The rest is history. (laughs) The rest is history. The
3: lucky penny.
1: Yeah, so I was like, all right, I really want to get this job. (laughs) He couldn't make any promises. He was nothing but a deckhand at the time.
0: I knew you could. Yeah, so... Through through the cannery work.
1: So I worked enough... That's I got back, too. Yeah, I saved up money. And then I was like, I'm going to, like, he told me about the cannery that they delivered to at E.C. Phillips. They can pretty much hire anybody. Like, honestly, if you need work, just go to E.C. Phillips. (laughs) shout out to E.C. Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. Good people there. Seriously, like, I just bought a ticket. I bit the bullet, bought a ticket. I was like, I told them, I was like, I'm going to work at E.C. Phillips. They hired me. So I worked there for two weeks, and then they had some slow time on the boat. Now, so E.C. Phillips
2: is a cannery yeah. in Ketchikan. Processor. A processor. And what what, what was your job during those two weeks? For the first week, I flipped fish.
1: It was it was really weird. I, there was like a tray, and then you just put a bunch of fish on a tray, and then some other guy takes them away to get carted. You just got to like put them nicely where their faces are facing together. But that was a weird gig. It was kind of boring, so I was like... This other guy was like, I'm having trouble washing these trays. And this guy named John, he'd like, we're not sure if he had ears. He always wore, yeah, this guy always had earmuffs. And he always talked like this. I'm John. You I don't like I don't have ears. You want donuts. He always had donuts too. That's a cool thing. He always gave out donuts. Um he wouldn't let me listen he wouldn't let me listen to music to though.
2: Fireworks.
1: He was I tried to bring in headphones and he was like,
2: "No, headphones here." He's like he's like we're family. <laughs> I was like, "Okay." But he's wearing earmuffs. Yeah. And there's, there's probably oh, headphones oh. underneath those earmuffs.
1: There probably was, but so his job was washing was the trays. Space. Yeah. He washes the trays and then stacks them, which is kind of like a little back-breaking job. So I did that for a week and
2: then um because your back wouldn't break.
1: Yeah, because I had the strong back, and I told him, I was like, I got a strong back, I can do this. And then Jake and Tommy were like, we have this like little weekend where you guys can come on the boat because I we came up with another friend of mine, Mark.
0: Also from Tallahassee.
1: Also from Tallahassee. He didn't really do much on the boat. Like I wanted to show her I could work, and so I was on deck, helped out completely. Like he was inside watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, so I went back to work. A weekend, it was starting to get really busy. And then Tomy came up to me when I was in the middle of, like, washing and stacking July? trays. Yeah, and I think it was, like, July, like, early July. And she was like, we need one more person. Go. I'd already talked to the higher-ups. Do you want to do it? And he, I was like, yeah. And she goes, all right, go back to your bunk, pack your stuff, be on the boat within an hour. And I was like, okay. So I went, ran back, packed all my shit, and just threw it on the boat and been on the boat since then. She saw that strong back. She saw the strong back. Yeah. yeah it wouldn't give out. Yeah, And then since then, I'd worked up to engineer. Pretty much just help out this guy when he needs help. Yeah. Work. work as a team. Great duo. And we got another buddy, Fernando, that came up like a year after me. He actually got his degree, this motherfucker. That's why he keeps him late. He got his degree in science. We're like, if you come here and you can do like science things, and he's like, yeah, I'll check it out. And then he... The gig's too good, so he's still working. Got himself
0: a girlfriend. That's kind of what happened. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So he's got the degree, but he's working on the boat. Mm -hmm. And is he from the same town? Mm -hmm. Florida. Well, he's
0: he went to school in Tallahassee. Grew up in Coral Springs Springs. near Miami. Yeah. Somewhere down
1: there. So you met him in college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So everybody just all the trollers and Knowles. Yeah, go Knowles! All the old school guys just know us as the Florida boys that like run this boat randomly for Tommy. But I think we've earned the respect enough and been doing a a decent enough amount of time
2: where it's like we're part of the Savage Now. You guys keep talking about this Tommy person who I guess what owns the boat? Yeah, yeah. She's the original owner of the boat. Okay. Tell me like so she hired you. Yeah. And I'm guessing she hired you too. Yep. And
0: and now not easily. Like she hired me and then uh and I left and I was like can can I come back? Like, you, you need more people? And she was like, oh, I don't know. So I had to take it upon myself to come back to work at E.C. Phillips, and as soon as I showed up, she was like, your own I own just ticket. wanted to see, see that you would come back and then hired immediately. Yeah, Tommy's definitely a um, great person. Yeah. One of the hardest workers I've ever seen. She's a legend. Like, she's... Uh, we're like young guys right mm-hmm. 28, 29 we were working for a while so through our 20s or all my 20s and uh Tommy's like always able to keep up and surpass us like she's uh
1: yeah the hardest working the lady hardest I've ever seen
0: working people I've ever seen in
1: my life she bought this boat in New York and brought it down through the Panama Canal in her like 20s right or was it I think so. Yeah, in her 20s, she In 91, yeah, in 91 she like found funding for this boat. Like there's actually old VHS tapes on here that you can see too. But uh she found the funding, got loans and got the boat under her name. Brought it with it? Yeah, Dutch brought Harbor. brought it through the Panama, went straight to Alaska and then just started crabbing in straight out of Dutch Harbor along with all the other huge boats. Our boat's not that big. It's only
2: 80 foot.
0: And we used to be a pilot boat, which is why we got all the tires on the bow. There used to be a lot more tires, too, on the yeah. corners and sides and such.
2: What, is, what does that mean, a pilot boat?
0: pilot boat takes someone who needs to drive a big boat from land to a big boat. And in uh, uh, the Privilege and other uh, rough places, pilot boats get bigger and bigger. Yeah. Like... Right. It's a little in bit Ketchikan, more hardcore seas. In Ketchikan, there's pilot boats that like the um Shoreline Nine and such take uh people yep. out to
1: the cruise ships and they drive them in and stuff. Yeah, because the captains don't actually of those ships don't actually drive, like dock them or anything. It's kind of like the anesthesiology of like the mariner culture, because they have like this specific knowledge and know how to drive these ships and park them perfectly. So
0: foreign flag ship. Uh, oftentimes you need someone to navigate. Uh, I can't remember if they actually dock or not. I've never been on the bridge of such a boat. But they are required by law to have a person on board that can navigate the waters.
2: In the Inside Passage yeah. or mm-hmm. wherever they would yeah.
0: yeah, Yeah. Like
1: Wrangler Narrows is like, notorious for needing a pilot.
0: And all over Alaska. I'm Mm -hmm. sure it's the same
2: throughout the United States. So it's more a finesse job than an endurance job.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. There is a little bit of endurance there because their season is kind of crazy.
0: Their (laughs) season is super busy, too. Like, uh, they also don't have very many days off.
1: Yeah. It's like one of the hardest licenses to get on the water. It's like one of those kind of up there with, like, Masters Unlimited.
0: But Anyway, the pilot boat takes the pilot from land to said boat. So, the Savage at one point was a pilot boat, and hence the tires. It was like, you know, big boats, like uh, se- several hundred feet long, and and uh, from the footage we've seen, it's like uh, they would they crash, sp- basically cra- gently crash up into the boat, hence yeah. the tires, and a net would be brought down with full of people hanging on it with suitcases and snowboards and... What not? Everything, guitar cases, and getting and off and getting yeah. on, and and then uh, yeah, and then they just write off again. So it was just, that was like a side job. Yeah. And then crabbing, and then she got into tendering, and uh and now she herself is a pilot. Mm-hmm. She no longer. Um, she still owns a savage, super involved with canneries and. Yeah. And, and catch a can.
1: She creates other things. But I feel like though she treats this boat like her baby. Like oh yeah. She's always has she's a hand. Normal
0: for a boat owner.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I've seen some like pretty lackadaisical mm, yeah. boat owners, but she's always there, and not in a bad way. Like she's always there for us, like helping us out, and like honestly, like getting us, like letting us do all this awesome stuff. She made our cranes wireless, so we have belly packs, so I I can fly around on the cranes if I hook myself up with a belly pack. It's cool, but... What does all that mean? Huh? What does that mean? Oh, I'm just... its meaning she's, like... She's tr- still treating this boat like her baby, so, like, a lot of uh, people who are, would be in our situation tendering, they're only having their tender salary. But with her, like, she's treating this baby and fixing her up and making the savage the best boat she can. And home. Yeah.
0: Like, the savage is a person.
1: Yeah. So Butcher. she's getting all this bling for her like stainless steel rails and stainless bling and then like all this crazy hydraulic equipment, brand new refrigerations and but she's there every step of the way when it comes to putting everything in and she's while we're doing this she's still like teaching us everything every time she comes aboard I kind of learn something new about she's the our boat. Sensei. Yeah, she's our sensei.
3: She also really makes it a home for you guys too. Yeah, it really gives you guys the room to like build it as, like, a home and, like, to feel really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is awesome.
1: Like, right now, like, we try to take out the windows and it turned into a total remodel for the wheelhouse. She basically comes aboard, sees that we gutted the entire thing, and she's like, oh, nice. She's like, all right, so let's talk about the rebuild. And then, like, she'd be like, what works best for you guys? Like, what do you need? And pretty much get on board. But, yeah, she's a complete badass, and she does a million things at once. She's one of those people who... Like, uh, I forgot the type of, like, personality or what, but she's, I've seen her, like, working. She really needs two hours of sleep a night, and that's it. Like, two hours of sleep, and she'll be okay and still working.
2: And 20 hours of work to do. Yeah. And,
1: yeah, like, even, like, now, even though, like, Jake's running the boat, like, when she comes on board, she'll make five meals a day. While she's, like, doing everything, taking wheel watches and helping out on deck. and Total chef, too. Yeah. She, yeah. She's got a cookbook. It's called she's Fishes got and got Dishes. Out. And it's awesome. You can find it, like, in a lot of Alaskan shops. She's one of those personalities where, like, you're not going to meet anyone like that. Like, if this was the Matrix, she'd be a program.
2: <laughs> it's kind of right. nuts. Or the Oracle.
1: Yeah, the Oracle. Because, yeah, she does not stop. When we do divers, like, so when we so we buy fish, so when we take on fishermen and stuff like that, we actually give them treats. Like, we'll give them, like, cake and, like, ice cream and all this good stuff. But usually, like, it's homemade stuff because that's like, the best type. But when she comes aboard, like, for dive season, she makes full meals, like, for other boats. So when someone comes and offloads to us, they'll get a full meal. On top of that, she's feeding us, like, you come, on this, you come to Alaska thinking you're going to lose weight, you're going to work hard on a boat, but you actually get fat when you work for Tommy. <laughs> it's fucking crazy.
0: There's a lot of boats out there that will be, like, we'll pick up deckhands yeah. and they'll be like, damn, man, I've been eating rice, and uh, I've been eating rice, and I've been eating cigarettes, and uh, <laughs> one time I got yogurt, and I'm just ready for, like, anything, anything, and you're like, damn, like, go get yourself a burger, dude. Yeah. About to be the town.
2: So Kelly, these guys are from Florida and you're from Canada. Yeah. How did you get into this?
3: Um, so basically I guess I met Zach halfway through my travels, the first trip I ever did. And I was kind of at a crossroads of like what I wanted to do and what I was like kinda of being like pressured into doing I like hated, which was like going into nursing school. And so I dropped out a week before, or no, I think it was, like, four days before my classes started. And that was, like, in a whole different city. So I just, like, dropped out online. I was like, no, like, cancel, cancel, cancel. And then I, like, told my mom that I, like, I was like, yeah, just booked a flight to, like, Thailand with my best friend. So once Thailand, like, traveled around, realized I was definitely doing the better thing. Yeah, so, like, halfway through that trip, I met Zach on a slow boat in Laos. And then me and him ended up kind of hitting it off, traveled all over. He came back to uh, Koh Tao, where I was living, on an island and for, like, four months. And then, yeah, and then um, we decided that we kind of wanted to take it, like, further, so I came to Alaska, and, yeah, and then that was last year, Was last summer was my first time in Alaska so I just like kind of helped out on the boat for the summer and like did the crazy salmon season first day I got in side of a holding of a, I fish, think, tank. a fish tank of 80,000 pounds worth of dead fish so you know <laughs> that was like chipping chipping the ice brick right off but yeah I ended up like really loving it and then um, yeah this is my second time back. And still loving it, so think I'll come back.
1: I remember, like, her first day, she walks on board from this giant ladder, comes down, she's like, you, I'm supposed to come down this ladder? And, like, this is the type of ladder where, like, if you fell yeah, down, yeah. it was death. <laughs> but but that's, like, normal on boats. Certain death. It was, yeah. like,
3: the ladder was literally, like, straight, and it was, like, good for a little bit. It was crooked. And then it started, like, going... Inwards, sideways. like <laughs> yeah. under, like under this, like huge, like dock. It's full of like all the coral, and, all like, the barnacles. Yeah, yeah, all the barnacles, and like half of it was just like rusted. So I was like, all right, so I'm like coming down this thing.
1: This is like my first time seeing her in a little bit, and I was just like, oh, you made it, and then give her a kiss, and then we look straight into the fishhold, and I'm like, I'm about to pump these out, and then you got to go clean that.
3: <laughs> I like literally like looked down, and he's like, yeah, you have to get in there, and I'm like, no, you're you're like joking. I was like. I don't think I was fully prepared for this whole like like uh Alaska experience. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so it's but, like the Indiana Jones hole with all the snakes in it. But Yeah,
3: but just dead fish. salmon. Yeah. Yeah. So you know and you're I like, like you've
2: gotta get in there. Yeah.
3: I suit up, get in there. And then like half these fish are like just like twice my size. So I'm just like grabbing these fish and like literally putting my whole like body weight and like throwing them into the bins. I think I almost threw up like four times.
2: So but, that, that first night <laughs> after work, you're laying in bed, trying to fall asleep. What were you thinking?
3: To be honest, I was like, I wonder how much a flight would be home <laughs> at first. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, damn, like, oh, what am I? Can I do this? I was like, I almost threw up like three times. But that was only for a pl- split second. And then I was like, no, this is fucking awesome. I, I was like, this is such a cool experience. Yeah, and I was definitely down to like see what else like this like crazy boat brought and it brought a lot of crazy like stories out of Nits Bay drinking moonshine with some pretty awesome fishermen and like yeah I don't know just hanging out with these guys is sweet
2: so you lived on an island in Thailand for four months
3: yeah
2: or more tell me about that
3: Um, yeah, that was sweet. It was like, I guess the beginning of my trip, I went to Kotao, like uh, just to do like a open water like diving course. And then I like fell in love with it like instantly. I mean, like I did it before when I was like super young, but it wasn't like anything like that. And then I had to meet my sister in the Philippines. But as soon as that happened, like I was like, as soon as I was diving, I was like, I knew I was going to come back to the island. And, yeah, so, like, once I got back there, I ended up doing, like, my dive master course. So, basically, for, like, four months, I dived every day, like, in the morning and afternoon, sometimes like, nighttime, like, every single day for, like, four months. And got, like, certified completely to, like, um, I guess, like, dive master would be, like, take pe- people out diving, but it was more of, like, the experience of being able to, like, learn all that. And then... Became, like, a total local on the island, like, working at some of the bars out there. Like, honestly, eventually never even... Getting fired
1: from some of the bars out there.
3: (laughs) Oh, true, true. That was a whole other... That's a whole story. Drinking for
1: free at some of the bars (laughs) out there. Yeah,
3: honestly, you ended up, like, drinking for free everywhere you went because you just, like, knew all the Thai people there. Like, you just, like, had a family there and, like, got really in with, like, the... Like the local Thai culture Like I have like some best friends In Thailand that are still back there And yeah It was awesome Like knew all the spots Knew like everyone Yeah, yeah.
1: I lived there for a month and But I wasn't doing any dive courses It was mostly just drinking But it was still pretty fun
3: sure. yeah. of course.
1: Like all your friends are awesome and.
3: Yeah we had a dog there too Jeff, shout out to Jeff, Jeff, (laughs) Jeff, Jeff, spelled
1: J-E-P-H-P-H.
3: Yeah. So literally, (laughs) all right, this dog came to us. Like he literally one day, like one of our our roommates, like was like coming to our house because we had constantly like every single day you would come back to my bungalow and there'd be a party going on. It was really bad for a while, but they ended up bringing, I would
1: start it while they were diving. True.
3: Because I was
1: not diving I was just hanging out
3: So he'd start parties At our bungalow And I'd come home And it'd be a full on party But one day They like brought this dog home and he was he, the coolest, yeah. He was the coolest dog, but he ended up like sticking with us after that. Like, he came back to our place every single day. He'd ride on our scooters, yeah. He'd ride like, on your
1: bike and just yeah. like hop on and be like, All right, where are we going? Yeah, <laughs> so
3: there'd be like five of us, or like four yeah. of us at least. On like, a scooter we haven't seen him for a, and a year, dog in the front,
1: yeah. We didn't see him for a year, and we went back this last year. And on the first day we were in Kotao, we saw him. And he just ran straight up to us and just started giving us hugs. And we hung out with him the entire (laughs) day. And the cool thing about this dog is, like, when our group would go out, like, uh, Kotao is, like, notorious for just, like, you know, you go have all these bars on the beach and, like, fire dancers. And, like, you start at one bar and you just walk your way down the entire beach. It's, like, seven hours of just straight drinking every night. But Jeff would hop on our crew. And he knew, like... Who, like we were hanging out with and he wouldn't follow us and bar hop with us
0: PH,
3: PH.
1: yeah he would like PH. do his own thing you know go sniff some butts but then he'd come back and be like we going yeah. next place
3: there was days where like um people would come up to us like me and my like friends and i'd be like hey are you like those people that own that white dog be like, yeah why Oh, like, he was, like, at the, he was at Fishbowl last night, which is one of the bars. He's like, I think he was looking for you.
1: <laughs> but that would be, like, the day we didn't make it to Fishbowl, because we were too drunk. Yeah. But he made it out, and he knew <laughs> the bar crawl, so.
3: Jeff would make it out. He knew the
2: route. Yeah.
1: He was, he was trying to pull,
2: you know. Yeah. During the season on the Savage, what, what's, like, a normal day between the three of you? Or, uh, what is, what's life like on the boat? Well, if it's a busy, if it's during the busy part of the season,
0: the day starts at E.C. Phillips, 4 in the morning. Pump off. Pump off. Get all the fish off out of all the tanks. And then once that's done, move to the tote dock. Tote dock. Any fish that's in totes, get those off. Now refill all the totes on the deck, 40 totes full of ice. Then ice dock. Fill up the tanks with ice, then leave Easy Phillips as soon as possible. Yeah.
1: And while we're doing this, like we usually have one loose person just running groceries and doing errands, and we also buy like parts and stuff for the trollers and do their groceries as well. So someone's off doing that.
0: Try to leave before ten a.m. if possible. It takes four hours to get Nice. Damn. So ten a.m. All right. Of one, two. If we can get to Nice Bay early afternoon great buy fish until 11
2: p.m then drive back to catch again what's the buying fish process look like so you got explain what a tender is first of all tender is well there's there's fishing boats get the fish
0: and they have to get rid of their fish but if there's a spot such as niche bay that's like a a known place um if you go to town, if if you go to town and it takes four hours, I don't know how long it takes a troller to drive. It yeah, takes us about four sleep. hours. If it takes you four hours to get to town, say, four Before hours to get back, back that's, that's eight, eight hours. hours that you're not fishing, that you're not sleeping, that you're just driving. And you can't hold on those fish that long. If there's so many boats all doing the same thing, it makes sense to, take, to a send a tender boat. there so that they can keep fishing and that we take on that load of driving eight hours. One person is driving eight hours instead of 100 people or whatever. They keep fishing. Yeah. They get sleep. Remember? All they do is sleep and fish. All we do
1: is take the fish and run to town. And then we also bring them. So our job is to keep the fishermen out there because the cannery wants the most fish possible. So they don't want to have to go to a mechanic. So we help bring them parts, groceries. We bring them groceries. We even bring mail. We do even for some people, like, the cool guys will do laundry. But, um, like, little things like that. Like, some of the boats are so small they don't even have a shower. So, like, if they come early enough or late enough, they can take a shower. Like, if there's no wait. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of, like, service. Like, we want to keep them fishing. They want to stay fishing because that's their dollar.
0: Yeah, if they can fish as long
1: as possible yeah. and, and get sleep. And that's how tenders compete is the yeah. services you give. So any fishing spot like that, there'll be three different companies there, three different tenders for each
2: company. And whoever wins is who just win, like gives the best service to the fishermen. If you come up to a boat and they, there's two tenders right there and the boat just goes, no, we want the savage, not this guy. Really?
1: Yeah. Like, uh, you get a lot of, like, uh, these all the fishermen, they're all old school types. So, it's like, there's no shopping around. It's all like uh, you're either loyal to a tender or you're loyal to the company. Like, we have some boats who are loyal just to us. So, if we show up in a weird spot, they'll be like, oh, I'll sell to you. But then we have a lot of guys who are loyal just to EC Phillips. So, they come just because they know to sell to Phillips. So, and they don't know where the Phillips boat. And, uh, yeah, but. When it comes down to doing it, like it's all about the service. So, like we've done so many weird, like little things for people. Like we always bring out like someone's like someone's like new alternator. fiance or or, or fiance. yeah, we'll go get a, we'll go get from an alternator the fiance from alternator. That's our love that's our letters. motto. Love letters, love letters, and we don't read them. Sometimes we do, <laughs> but
3: not if they're special knots. Yeah,
1: honestly, yeah, just lick up your love letters and we won't read them. But there's some raunchy shit happening out there. And uh look that shit that
0: should be your yeah so <coughs> we're th- <laughs> I'm talking about the envelope when you it,
1: yeah. We'll both. It. so yeah, we're the we're the middleman the layman's term we're the middleman like uh' For the raunchy we, shit. yeah, we're also the lifeline, but keep um going keep them going, keep them paid.
0: yeah, keep them going mm-hmm. let them fish
3: Turn the beep to the line
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. and if we can get them if we can get their fish off their boat as quick as possible. That's our, that's yeah. our big move. Our big move is that's... similar to NASCAR. When that when that car has to pull off, yeah, we're you a pit crew. Fresh tires, that's them. They they they're packed. That's... fish. They're tired. They have to get rid of their shit and keep going. Uh, if we can get them offloaded and back fishing is in, in as few seconds as possible, that's that's. That's like the biggest yeah. the biggest uh boom. That's so like what
1: we want to do. Basically that's our Keep MO. Like a lot of tenders tenders tend to be like a kind of retirement gig for like old fishermen and like it's like a but like our MO is uh Getting fish off fast. straight fucking speed.
0: Getting fish off and getting them back yeah. to what they
1: need to do. Like keeping them Keeping sure, them yeah. going. So like on the tender guideline book, it's like Uh, offload, a fast offload should be, the fastest offload should be 30 minutes, but like we've cranked it down to 10 minutes. Like as soon as you, they pull up, we're putting the freshwater hose in and they're filling fresh water the entire time.
0: Yeah. We try to know what they need. Yeah. We try to get them what they need. We try to keep the, we try to keep the fishes as obviously as best quality as possible. That's up to them too. And it's, yeah, it's
1: just really like keeping everything flowing so the boat has two sides we can get two sides at one time like a lot of tenders can't do two sides so that's one thing we pride ourselves on is that we can buy two sides at one time we have the wireless cranes and pretty much straight speed like it's fun when you're out there because it does feel like a pit crew like everybody's just running around tossing shit in different ways and like yeah
3: oh and they have dog treats Every dog of the trailers get treats. Yeah. So. And Where's sometimes that? they're homemade. Sometimes How it's like smoked salmon. Troller trees
0: and dog trees. We
3: made the good boys happy.
0: Choose
2: the savage. Your dog does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do. The dogs, the dogs know us. The so now that you're... Shout out to Lucky. Shout oh, out to Lucky. let roof go over your <laughs> So now that you're a few years into this, what... Um, What's the financial side of it look like now? I mean, you came back in, one, in your first season had 1700 in the bank. Uh, well, uh, first year, first summer, 10 days,
0: 100 bucks a day, 1000 bucks. Came back, worked at the cannery and on the Savage. All, all I could say was it just kept getting better every year and every year. I didn't expect to be captain. I thought I could be deckhand forever. I had no plans. You'd be the perfect deckhand forever. Oh, I know, <laughs> but you're better captain. If I didn't work on the Savage, I would totally be a deckhand on any other boat,
1: I'd probably rock. Our boss makes sure that we're happy all the time, and keeps like, oh yeah, it
0: keeps on at the even, end of every scene. We're always like, "Yo, you did good, yeah." Oh Yeah, it was I like, how much do you I want? I was like Is pound it.
1: Yeah, like it's. I never keep track. I'm not the one for like knowing if my credit card got stolen. Or my identity, so someone's probably using it now, but Starbucks. Yeah, at the end of every year, like I'm usually happy, which is good,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's honestly like if I work for eight months, like and then I get the four off to go travel wherever the fuck I want, that's honestly all I need. The past, so the past five years, I've four years I've been doing this thing where I leave and then I pay off whatever debts I've had as soon as the season's ended. I go home, I usually hang out with my parents for a month, and then I just go travel with the rest of the money, and I made a point to spend all of my fucking money while I'm traveling. And Jake knows this because I borrow money from him in the beginning of the season for like usually the first month, then pay him off after the first paycheck. He's, He's the bank of Jake. Uh-huh. One time, I crashed my cousin's car on Thanksgiving, drunk yeah. driving. That was awesome. Yeah, that was, was six, there, that I was a lot of money. The that first was...
3: time I ever met you, you dropped your like five hundred dollar camera into the slowboat, into the water, on and the are like. And then you're like, well, it's okay. I got a special bank. And I was like, what? And you're like, the Bank of Jacob. And I was like, what? And, <laughs> and you was,
1: brought a camera to Asia. And, and, I, got, I sent him a he's like, he's I sent like, him text, yeah. even though he wasn't texting me about that at the time. I was like, yo, I need this new Canon, dude. I was like, can you bring bring it? And he this, brought it. Do you still the that Canon? No, I got it stolen at the festival. Yeah,
3: dude. This was like the maybe like the sixth <laughs> conversation I had with this guy. And like now that we're here, sitting at this table, and I know Jacob. And I know him very well. It makes so much sense, but, and it's hilarious.
1: But I'm I'm aging, and I'm getting older, and I'm like getting wiser and smarter. <laughs> and this year, I w- I was luckily enough to have a girlfriend who was smart enough to be like, no, don't buy tequila shots for everybody you don't know. <laughs> and uh, I came home with money this year, and didn't have to borrow money from Jacob. So this is the first year I came home with above zero. Like, it's about to be zero soon, so... Now
3: you, now <laughs> we're gonna, you're probably going to go
1: sh- to after this, and it's going to give you zero... Yeah.
3: You should.
2: Well, we didn't, we didn't sign anything, so <laughs> fuck off. When I first met you guys, it was... You came into the bar, and you had a box. Oh. And Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. uh, as a bartender, anytime somebody brings a prop in, you're like, okay, what's about to happen? Uh-oh. And the box opens up after you guys ordered Jameson and Rainier, and it's full, completely... It's a... I would say a medium-sized UPS USPS box full of gold dollars. Yeah, and dead presidents, baby. Sacagawea, you're acting like pirates, and you keep calling it gold uh, doubloons, doubloons, <laughs> doubloons. And every time you order, you're like, "Yeah, take it out of the doubloons, take it out of the doubloons." And so, of course, like me and the other bartender are just like, you know, great. Perfect. We love when fishermen come in because every they're all, like you guys said, really, they're great. Crazy. And crazy <laughs> and great. And so at the end of the night, after you guys have spent probably 250 of them or whatever, I think you said there were 400 in there. And at the end of the night, you just... You walk out, and you're, you just leave the box. You guys, The rest we, is for you guys. We poured it onto the, the bar? Yeah, you pour it onto the bar. There's just a pile of... I think it was like 163 Sacagawea golden coins. And the other bartender is like, I don't want any of those. Like, what am I going to do with those? And so she took the cash, and I took... 163 (laughs) gold coins home. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, And for weeks, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this because the bank wouldn't take them. And (laughs) so they're the ones who gave them to us. Right, right. So (laughs) I ended up, there's the guy that owns all the electronic games and stuff. Yeah. I guess that they give change in gold coins. So he bought them off of me. Nice. And that's that's how I got rid of them. But I had him for at least two weeks just sitting in my apartment. Damn. That's, that was, that's how I met you guys. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. So, Kelly, you were going to, to go to nursing school. And instead, yeah. now you're on the Savage.
3: Yeah. And then I decided to just be a nomad, I guess, for a bit. So, I guess almost for the past two years, I haven't really been home Except for, like, three months. Three months? Yeah. Four months. Yeah, just for, like, the summer, you know, like, don't like the cold very much. Like, as cold as Canada. Um, yeah, so then now... Yeah, Canada in January? <laughs> and then, yeah, so now I'm actually going back uh, pretty soon here in, like, June... And I'm just going to work for a while. And then I think me and Zach are actually going to go work in Australia. Australia. And I got a lot of really close friends there now in Australia from just, like, the travels. And then I'm going to head to um, Vancouver to do a five-month commercial diving course. And then hopefully with that course, come back here. Yeah. And
2: so, Zach, you're going to go work in Australia?
1: and Yep. Yeah. Uh- I want to do farm work, and you know, get my hands dirty and do some honest stuff, and then uh, some good off season stuff and basically uh, this year. So I'm told you how I'm bad with finances. So over the past since I went to Chicago, the entire time I've been here, I guess I've had this loan hanging over my head. So it's like twenty five grand now. So this is the year where I was like, I'm gonna work. And then pay off this loan. And then I guess I can't travel because I'm going to pay off the loan. And then I'll have a little bit, but I'll save it. But I'll go work travel. So Australia is a perfect like thing for that.
2: Yeah. And what about you, Jacob? What's the next year got in uh, store for planet? you?
0: 2019? <laughs> before this next decade?
2: Oh, yeah. What are, you, <laughs> what are your goals before 2020? Jeez. Taking names and taking ass. Uh,
0: you're talking about, Zombies. like... We're about to be we're about to be 30, Joey. I'm 32. You're 32?
1: Yeah. What? I was thinking you were younger, though. <laughs> Get out of here
0: with that silky voice being 32. <laughs> Those baby
1: eyes. Good jeans. Oh, he's got great eyes. I got him from Express. <laughs> you can't see it now, but his beard is perfectly trimmed. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if, like. <laughs> and I haven't shaved it. It's looked like it's been grown, it. but it's also looked like it's perfectly manicured.
3: It has that, like, Devil May Care. Yeah. Like-
0: I'm not sure what toned means, but I know Joey's toned. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I've been going to the gym lately. <laughs> yeah, and I honest, know. making money
0: and uh, busting ass. That's so why. That's that's it. That's
2: all I know. Nice. All right. Well, Kelly, Zach, Jake, yep. it was wonderful to have you on. Woo! Thanks for coming, and thanks for having me in the Savage. This is great. Hey, j-
1: thank you, Joey. Thank you for having us.
2: You're welcome. Right on. Yeah. That's it. That's the episode. The seasonals are Kelly Mogg, Ryan Deininger, me, Joey Ravinsky, the theme song by Ryan Deininger, Joe Williams, Louis Leva, Shappy, Thomas Hamilton. Follow us on Instagram at the seasonals underscore. Like us on Facebook. Listen to our next episode. That's it. We're out.